welcome back to another video. I said I'd make a video on this ridiculous claim once and for all, hopefully. So let's just get right to it, shall we? Essentially, media has been constantly branding us Star Wars fans as, well, the isms, I like to call it. You know, uh, sexism, racism, any other ism you want to add in there. I don't want to join your newsletter. If you don't like the sequel trilogy, and now there's something you make in the rounds that why the Ray is a Mary Sue claim is nonsensical and rooted in sexism. If you don't like Ray, it's because you don't like women and you're a sexist pig, all right? Freddie Prince Jr. also said so. Disney ruined the sequels. Ray is a Mary Sue. Ooh, edgy take, bro. You can tell, like, who who wrote this guy? Let me... Anyways, unfortunate truth about a large a large percentage. Where do they get those analytics? Out of his ass. A large percentage of his Star Wars fans is that whenever a new film or series is released, they meticulously go over every detail, not with excitement about finding new things to love, but with determination to find something to hate. Because hey, why? <laughs> Why would we love something so much we would rather be uh, meticulous and try to hate on it? Uh, you know, because hatred is an emotion that simply stems from loving something originally, which was then changed, but all because there's women in it now. For some of these people, it's because they created a narrow field of expectations in their own mind, you know, or they just wanted the same story that they were getting, you know, to continue, but completely deviated, but that's okay too. And anything slightly different than their own ideas will lead to disappointment for them. For others, it's a quest for catchy YouTube headlines that will get them likes from bitter haters and arguments in the comments. Still others consciously or unconsciously allow things like racism or sexism to cloud their judgment. After the announcement of a Rey Skywalker movie at this year's Star Wars celebration, a common cretinous complaint has resurfaced among the fandom menace. Oh shit. Okay. I feel like this person embodies what Twitter is to this day. Rey is a Mary Sue spoken, whined, holy crap. Who shat in this person's coffee? I don't even know what to call them. Most often by those Redditors and YouTubers who spew bilge about sequels being retconned and Disney ruining everything. Oh, Darth Melvin. Knights of Melvin. Shout out to the Knights of Melvin. This claim actually has no logical basis after even a cursory analysis of the trilogy. See, yeah, no basis whatsoever. The statement also has sexist connotations from the very conception of the term to its application in this context. Oh, I'm going to rip this one apart, man. This is going to be great. Angry and confused? You bet. Calm down, edgelords. I'll walk you through it. Well, why not run? The term Mary Sue was first coined in 1973 by Paula Smith in her satirical story of Trekkie's Tale. Back then, a common characteristic of Star Trek fan fiction was a young main character, usually a woman, who was portrayed as unreasonably gifted across every discipline, intellect, combat, the arts, etc. This character would often become respected and maybe even loved by main characters such as Kirk or Spock and would end the story by saving the day in heroic fashion. Smith's parody mimicked these poorly written plot lines, naming the main character Mary Sue. Afterwards, the term was generally accepted as the name for those fantastically idealized characters. Wikipedia summarizes a character archetype in fiction, usually a young woman who is often portrayed as inexplicably competent across all domains, gifted with unique talents or powers, liked or respected by most other characters, unrealistically free of weaknesses, extremely attractive, innately virtuous, and or generally lacking meaningful character flaws. Now, before we continue here in this um, you know, ex beautiful explanation uh, by someone who's clearly not triggered, just keep in mind Ahsoka and her character. Does this apply to Rey? Nope, but let's get through it anyway. 
No, because, you know, Rey had the penultimate level of training uh, compared to Ahsoka, compared to Anakin Skywalker, compared to Luke Skywalker. She failed just as many times, and she struggled just as many times, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. There's a lot here, so we'll start with the easy parts. And, you know, the easiest way to kind of debate these kinds of very closed-minded people is to just say, okay, well, let's look at the board here. What has Rey really struggled with? They'll come up with a few answers. What have other characters who aren't deemed a Mary Sue that are also female struggled with? Such as Ahsoka, Princess Leia, Asajj Ventress, Bo-Katan, Sabine Wren, who now can use the Force as kind of being labeled a Mary Sue for her Force abilities, but was never really that much before. Mara Jade, Astala Shan, Satil Shan, Ripley from Alien. We can, we can go out of the franchise too, if you so wish. There's a lot that we can pull from here, and uh, it's not going to be pretty. So that's just the women. We want to talk about Mary Sue as a general term. We can talk about Gary Stu as well, Anakin, Luke, anybody else. Innately virtuous doesn't really seem to fit. No one is perfect in the Star Wars universe, especially on brutal worlds like Jakku, where, yeah, brutal worlds like a desert. Try one with two sons, where one needs to fight to survive. Rey is a good person, just like everyone else in the Resistance. Nothing reasonably out of the ordinary there. Next is extremely attractive, debatable, while Daisy Ridley undoubtedly kills it on the red carpet. Red... <laughs> <laughs> Ali G came to mind. Booyakasha! Ray's looks are not a meaningful part of the story, making that aspect another non-issue. Usually a young woman. Welp, you got me there. Ray is indeed a young woman. Debate over. What was the debate there? Let's examine liked or respected by most other characters. Seems like a pretty low bar, but still has issues with her peers and allies. Even within the resistance, she and Poe butt heads immediately in the Rise of Skywalker, and Luke's attitude towards her he is impatient, almost spiteful. Wow, just when I thought this article couldn't get any more uh, interesting. Uh, um, Luke's attitude towards her is impatient, almost spiteful through most of The Last Jedi. Is she respected? Yes. Bullshit. Uh, yes, as all Force users are, you're the best fighter we have, but her relationships are undeniably more conflict-ridden than the ones Paula Smith parried. Okay, uh, let's pivot. Lacking meaningful character flaws and unrealistically free of weaknesses, many critics have taken the lazy route of she has no character arc or similar, but that's not a very observant take. Her yearning for family and her desperation for her parents to return, or at least to find out who they were, while understandable, were traits that made her vulnerable to Snoke and Kylo Ren. Her emotion, which a reasonable person could classify as realistic, was a weakness and an obstacle in her journey toward becoming a Jedi. It took an entire trilogy and a surprising genealogical reveal for her to let go of her obsession with her ancestry and realize that family can be chosen, and that blood alone does not determine who you are. Yeah, you know, after Daisy Ridley being told that maybe Rey is a Kenobi, and then it's being switched to, you know, a completely different writer and director, uh, Ryan Johnson, who subverted all her expectations by having Rey find out that she's literally a nobody, and that her parents were drunks, and then find Finding out that she is the granddaughter of the most powerful Sith Lord in the galaxy. Yeah. Um, okay. Because, you know, um, she was obsessed with all of that for three films. But, I mean, at the end, when she kind of realizes, then she wasn't really as obsessed when she got the answer. It's usually how it works. Um, let's talk about that ancestry reveal because it ties directly into the most commonly touted aspect of the Mary Sue question. 
guess I should have done this in the beginning here. Inexplicably competent across all domains, gifted with unique talents or powers. This is where everyone thinks they have a checkmate. How could she fly the Millennium Falcon so well? How could she beat Kylo Ren when she'd never even used a lightsaber before? Uh, yeah. How could she resist Kylo Ren's interrogation? Good question. <laughs> Your point? Before I answer those questions, well, more accurately point out where the films themselves answer those questions. Ah, the most important point here is that Rey is the granddaughter of Emperor Palpatine. Oh, well, there's the well, Easy. I mean, you know, why should Anakin ever have to train for anything? He is the chosen one. Why should Luke ever have to train for anything? He's the son of the chosen one. You know what? When you put it that way, why should anyone have to train for anything? That's in the title, you know? Ahsoka, why did she even train? He's the apprentice of the chosen one. I mean, it doesn't even get better. She's already chosen to be his apprentice of the chosen one, which means you got to be like the pinnacle apprentice of all apprentices. You're like the king apprentice. So, I mean, you don't really need to train or go through anything at that point, right? It's in the title. You got the title, you're good. The man was the most powerful Sith Lord in the last century, turning entire galactic governments against each other for his own benefit. And we all accepted that without question. Does it not make sense that his offspring would be unnaturally talented? Uh, well, his son, which would be his first offspring, was literally useless. He was a clone of himself that he calls his son, and uh, he escaped. But he kept him alive purely because of genetic material in case something would happen. Literally as like spare issue. That's how valuable he was. There was no other value to him other than being a test tube subject in case something went wrong. A backup, if you will, because he was literally useless and didn't have any force powers. I read the episode nine book. I have an idea of what I'm talking about here. Does it not make sense that his offspring would be unnaturally talented? None of her skills are inexplicable at all, but sure, let's get into the minutia anyway. Um, yeah, so skills, you know, require tons and tons and tons of training. I mean, you look at Obi-Wan Kenobi, who was one of the, this is fact, one of the least gifted Jedi in the Jedi Temple, yet it was his discipline for training that got him to the level that he was at, where he could fight Anakin Skywalker one-on-one -on, -one on kind of almost equal plane, you know, and it was his experience in fighting that actually helped him in the end, but that literally put him on par with the Chosen One, and the Chosen One had to fail so many times. I mean, let's not even look at the Clone Wars cartoon show. Let's look at the movies. I mean, the kid failed a million times as a kid, okay? being born as a slave, essentially, with Watto. Then he, just looking at the films, got his butt handed to him by Dooku. I mean, he was always talked down to by the Jedi, but let's talk physically. Got his butt handed to him by Dooku. He lost to Obi-Wan. He lost to so many different people if we go into the Clone Wars and we go into the 2D Clone Wars by Gendi Tartatovsky. There's just like so many different instances of Anakin having to really earn his keep and earn his claim as the chosen one, as the poster boy of the Clone Wars. And it's not because he's the chosen one, it's because he failed so many times. It's because he failed and he learned and he trained and he tried and he applied himself and he was obsessed with working hard for it. So there's that. Okay, how could she fly the Falcon so well? Well, first of all, she didn't. She banged it into all kinds of things in Jakku case, but also piloting is a common skill for many in Star Wars. Hmm. Hopping into a ship and knowing how to fly it. Oh, and how to bypass the compressor is well within the parameters of contextual expectation, especially for the someone who's spent their whole life scrapping starship parts. Yeah, so, you know, does that mean who's someone who is a uh, sanitation engineer of perhaps a factory knows how to operate said factory? And I say sanitation engineer, literally a, you know, a janitor. Does that mean they know how to operate the entire factory? No. I mean, if that were the case, and screw going to school and learning how to do things and operate machinery, we would just spend time around it. You know what I mean? That, that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. You can't just, you know, <laughs> be a slave and never fly a ship. 
your whole life and then all of a sudden get into one and know how to bypass a compressor. Oh, shout out to Nemo Corvus who just subscribed. Uh, how to bypass a compressor and know how to fly a ship. It just doesn't work like that. How could she beat Kylo Ren when she'd never used a lightsaber before? As we see in the beginning of the film, she grew up defending herself in melee combat. Her quarterstaff is not a lightsaber, of course, but it was established early on that she has the instincts and the reflexes to hold her own in a fight. Yeah, you mean like when she was doing the Talama Parkwa? When she was saying that against the, the little grubby dude in the desert who was trying to get her keep? Against a full trained dark side force user who is the grandson of the chosen one and literally had an uncle who is the son of the chosen one training him for most of his life no that doesn't make sense at all of course but it was established early on that she has the instincts and reflexes to hold her own in a fight yeah, just like kylo ren does on the other side of the coin ren was physically and spiritually crippled during that confrontation uh yeah well he didn't seem to be when he was fighting finn seemed to be fine and also, you know, if we know anything about the dark side, which I don't think this article writer does, it's that when you are feeling pain, you actually get stronger. And if you focus on your pain, you become more powerful. I mean, his father just died. He just killed his dad in front of him, Han Solo. Kylo was arguably probably the most powerful that he would have ever have been in that moment after everything he had just gone through, not to mention the also physical pain that he was going through. So harnessing on all of those emotions, he would have used it to his advantage and to be very focused, and he was. We watched an entire classic Han and Chewie combat scene establishing how overpowered the crossbow was. It easily sent stormtroopers flying. I, it was not overpowered. That's exactly how it's portrayed in the video games too. If anyone played JK2, they would know. And Ren had just taken a kidney shot and survived. Not only that, he had just killed his own father, a deed that was the words of Snoke split him in two. Indeed. And he harnessed that power to, first of all, defeat Finn, who was much more adept with combat and lightsaber fighting than Rey. Please don't argue that one. I mean, Rey had never properly held a sword in her life, whereas Finn was literally a stormtrooper. Okay, he's a sanitation stormtrooper. He's still a stormtrooper. They learn how to fight. He was on the battlefield, was he not? He knows how to fight. His connection to the dark side was fracturing, and his body was wrecked. Even Finn was able to hold him off for a bit with neither the training nor the force. No, he didn't. Like, Kylo was just kind of toying with him a little bit, and then he got annoyed and then took him out in a couple strokes. I love how they say... Finn was able to hold him off for a bit with neither the training nor the force. He had way more training. What do you mean he was trained by the Empire? He's a stormtrooper. Ray's victory doesn't display any type of inexplicable competence, only earned skills and timely advantages. Okay, so when someone's failing, and then you say one word that makes them remember, oh, the force, something they have never heard about, and they know nothing about, then all of a sudden they're able to manifest abilities they've never had before, ever, when it comes to fighting someone as experienced as Kylo Ren, the son of Leia and Han Solo, trained by Luke, the grandson of Darth Vader? Mm, no, I don't think so, at all. How could she resist Kylo Ren's interrogation? While the evidence here isn't as blatantly obvious, it's just as valid. Ren did not have the same hatred in his heart for Rey that he did for Poe Dick. You for real? That's, you're making this up now? In the novelization of The Force Awakens, he even told her he'd try to be gentle. Oh, yeah, you know, because it's just not something that he would say to kind of patronize her and be sexist, massively underestimating the resistance he'd meet from her. 
possibly even more relevant is the nature of Ray's and Ren's force dyad connection. Ren probing into Ray's mind unlocked force potential neither of them knew she had. If you want to talk about the force dyad, which literally allowed them to see into each other's minds, don't you think that this would then conclude that? Like this would definitely make that more prevalent and easy? This enabled her to not only resist Ren, but also to use a mind trick on a stormtrooper shortly afterwards, which was Daniel Craig. Though, let's be honest, they haven't historically been difficult to outwit. That's all there is. By definition, and with clear observable evidence from all three sequel films, Ray's empirically, categorically, not a Mary Sue. There, you literally provided no evidence from any of the other films. You just talked about The Force Awakens. <laughs> what a shit article. <laughs> I mean, what the hell? What kind of an article? What, like, where, where are the facts? It was just a speculation at most. Essentially, they just said, okay, that Ray beat Kylo Ren because she's the granddaughter of Palpatine and that Finn didn't know how to use a sword just like she didn't. What? Now it's the author's turn to posit a question. Where was this investigation enthusiasm before? If it seems so problematic for a character to demonstrate unusual talent so early in their story, why was it no big deal for Anakin to win pod races at nine years old? or for Luke to blow up the Death Star after such limited X-Wing experience. Um, because Anakin had been racing pod racers, he had been around them for most of his youth, and he was extremely proficient in building things with all of the free time that he had after Watto's junkyard shop. He would get pieces and parts that he would find, and he'd put them together and see what would happen. He was a genius child. He's also the chosen one. He is not a you know, speculated granddaughter or grandson, whatever. He is the one created by the force itself. Now for Luke, he wanted to join the Empire a long time. He wanted to enlist. And with that comes a lot of training that you need to do on your own and a lot of interest that goes into it. So just reading books and doing your due diligence to learn. I mean, I think every kid has you know, who's been interested in jets and stuff has some basic knowledge on how to fire a jet up at some point. I mean, even just flipping the ignition up and, and pushing it. I mean, that's one thing that kids will know how to do or how to use a joystick. You know, you go this way, you go down, you go that way, you go up, this way, you, you can yaw and this. And, kids know how to do things. You do that in Star Wars, it's the same exact thing. But Ray had no interest that we knew of, of how to fly a ship. She had no interest at all in how to use a lightsaber by any means. I mean, how did she not just cut her whole hand off or head off or something? It's completely different than the stun batons used for stormtroopers that Finn had to use. Now for Luke, he was trained by Obi-Wan Kenobi. Rey had no training. There was nobody who trained her. Not even in The Last Jedi did she get any training. What, the three rules, which she only got two of them for two seconds? No. There was no training whatsoever, and I'll argue that no problem. Even the fact that I've only seen the films two times, I did read the book for the sequel trilogy. I read eight and nine. So Luke, yes, we can say yes, he's the son of the Chosen One, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, he was trained by Obi-Wan Kenobi on how to use the Force. So there at least was some precedent there for training and how to unlock these abilities and these Force latent powers that he had. Anakin very obviously didn't know how to fly an N1 starfighter, but somehow blew up the Trade Federation battleship a few minutes later. Wouldn't that qualify him for a Mary Sue Club membership? Why do these circumstances only apply to Rey? Because Rey, first of all, is not the chosen one. Second of all, Anakin knew how to race pods. He had extremely adept instincts. He could see things before they happened. He could feel things before they happened. He was created literally by the Force. He wasn't the offspring of a clone that literally had no force abilities he was created by the force he was the force created him as an answer back to 
the darkness that Plagueis and Palpatine were trying to ensue and trying to create in the galaxy by creating the perfect dark side being. And the Force said, no, 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 we're not going to do this. We're going to create Anakin Skywalker. Boom, pregnant Shmi. So it's a very cheap argument to be able to say, hey, well, you know what? Why was Anakin able to? It's the chosen one. That's the main character in Star Wars. There are so many interviews and scripts with George Lucas talking about the main character of Star Wars being Anakin. And that even when Anakin turned into Darth Vader, he was still the main character. Think about that. Even when Anakin failed and fell to the dark side, he was still the main character of Star Wars. So if you want to talk about anyone being OP and anyone being a Gary Stu, it should be Anakin. But even him, he had to go through so many trials and tribulations and failures in order to be the man that he became. And in the end, he still failed. I mean, look at him in episode three. He pretty much destroyed Obi-Wan's ship trying to get the buzz droids off of the wing. Anakin is a very esteemed starfighter pilot, but he built his ranks to get there. It wasn't overnight. You know, this is a boy who literally breathed pod racing and dreamed it and imagined it and visualized it. I'm a firm believer in visualization. And did Ray do any of this stuff? Did she have any experience with engines and throttlings and joysticks and <laughs> steering wheels and maneuvering a craft at extremely high speeds? Not at all. No, she had never done it before. At least, and if she did, let me know. Show me. So all of these claims are easily debunked. But with Ray, who trained her? Nobody. Who told her about the Force? Literally, Kylo Ren when they were fighting. And she closes her eyes. And all of a sudden, she's bestowed with the abilities that can rival a, in my opinion, Sith Lord. I mean, it's just uh, ridiculous, don't you think? There would be no way in hell that someone at his level would be bested by a girl who had never held a lightsaber before, even as Snoke said, which I mean, the films are constantly just chopping each other down, and we're not even going to get into that. But I think we can deduce this to just a really poor level of writing and an agenda that was pushed to shit on Luke Skywalker and bolster the new character, which really ended up slapping them right back in the face. The answer, unfortunately, is bias. Well, no, it's presenting facts. Some people are explicit about crying about wokeness and agendas, and others mindlessly echo the Mary Sue claim, willing it to justify a dislike of the sequels that they themselves don't understand. I mean, it's very easy to denounce anyone's sort of opinions of something by saying, you don't understand this. Oh, no, but I but I do. I'm, I'm giving it, no, 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 you don't understand it. But I'm trying to explain to you that I do because of this. And, no, 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 no you, you don't understand it. You, you're just pushing agenda. You just think people are pushing agendas. You're constantly... You're not progressive. You hate women. You're sexist. Uh, well, no. What about Ahsoka? No, you're sexist. Oh, uh, okay. You know, you, you can't really argue with someone. like It's like argue, arguing with a child at that point. But these fans uh, implying that if you don't like the sequel trilogy, you're sexist and you're not a Star Wars fan. Amazing. Must examine themselves because calling Rey a Mary Sue while ignoring the same characteristics in male protagonists is an inherently sexist statement. Um, okay, so let's, how about examine it in female characteristics? How about Ahsoka? I love the fact that this person, whoever wrote this, did not once bring up any female hero. Why don't we examine Ahsoka? How many times did Ahsoka fail? She literally died in the Clone Wars. Literally died. Uh, failed a bajillion times in every season of the Clone Wars. In every sort of, like, I think the only time she didn't fail was Tales of the Jedi. But even that was showing character development, character growth on her end. So it's, it's, it's so, it's not frustrating, you know, arguing with these people or rather just kind of like showing them facts on paper 
it really is entertaining because you just see their whole world implode because they just cannot handle the truth. They cannot handle the facts. And every time you come up against one of these people that wants to call you an ist and a phobe and an ism, you must simply be very, very mature and present all of the facts. Do not get emotional because that is how they deal with things. And if they can't win, then they'll call you not a fan or they'll try to instigate some sort of a reaction from you so that they can call you an ist and a phobe and whatever else they, they want to push on you and label you as. But at the end of the day, we're just all Star Wars fans. And I think a lot of us have a lot of really great takes. And whether you like the sequel trilogy or the prequel trilogy or the original trilogy or whatever, you are all fans. You are not fans. You're all Star Wars fans, plainly put. Some people can just argue and debate things eloquently and respectfully with facts and other people who haven't really seen the movies or have really much knowledge of Star Wars, judging by this article, in my opinion, that's what this reads to me, don't do that. And they want to just call you names and put you in a box and say, hey, if you think this, it's because of this, this, and this. I'm going to tick off all these boxes and you're now this kind of person. Nistinophobe. Oh, oh, okay. I thought we we're just debating Star Wars for a second. Oh, no, but you're now Nistinophobe. Okay. All right. Great. Not to mention woefully inaccurate after even a cursory glance through the sequel trilogy, but facts and research don't matter to everyone, so stay mad, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess they don't matter anymore. You kind of just have to like everything and accept it, and if you don't, you're an phobe, unfortunately. But hey, you know, that's just my opinion, and uh, I'm just, you know, another Star Wars fan, so... Uh, let me know what you guys think about this. Uh, is this article bang on the nose? Or are we all just having to do a little more due diligence with our uh, with our point of view of Star Wars? And kind of, you know, take a look at who's in the mirror at this point. Maybe we're just edgelords and uh, we need to come to terms with it. Hope you all have a great day. May the Force be with you. Always. <laughs>